in the legends of this hard muscle life. And there's poetry in each season made of sweat and strife. But now's the time to work and strain at a sport that tests the spirit and challenges the brain. Come on, come on, come on. Let's go. Yeah, I'd like to have 75 degrees and sunny all the time, too, but that's not football. Do you fear the force of the wind, the slash of the rain? We're going to play this through right in rain. Go face them and fight them. Be savage again. challenges the brain. Oh, hey, who's got the computer on? Turn down the volume. Is that me? It's me. Come on. <laughs> Bobo, what are you doing? Idiot. Idiot. This is what happens when you're uh, live producing and also monitoring the uh, live chat. We are live. Oh, is it hard pushing all the buttons? Yeah, you got a freaking mute Ooh, and shit. Yeah, glasses with Gregory. Hello, everyone. Welcome into the Put Me In Coach podcast. It's been a while, probably, what, two weeks, I think, since our last episode, our last yep. recap of the draft. Bobby Blanco, Tom Natale, Ian Foster, and Greg Porter with you. Um, thanks for tuning along. We are live on our Facebook page, PMIC Podcast on Facebook. You can also catch the replay uh, after the fact on our YouTube page. If you just search Put Me In Coach podcast on YouTube, of course, give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram as well. And subscribe to the Put Me and Coach podcast across the board on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can hopefully find the Put Me and Coach podcast. It's a lot of things. It's a lot of things. We're everywhere. Um, in some I'm ways. I'm surprised every time you say it, but I am always surprised. What do you say? You're surprised I say it? I don't know why I'm surprised every time you say how many things we're on, but I'm always I'm like, Jesus Christ, that list, that list is really fucking long. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I hope everyone um, tunes in. I mean, there's a reason we do this. Um, I was going to say, some some might say, this is a kind of shitty thing to say, but quarantine might be the best thing to happen to put me in, Coach, because <laughs> now Porter has no excuse not to join us. No. <laughs> <laughs> we can go live on Facebook or on uh, YouTube. Um, and all of us are together. It sounds fine. Um, it's it's super easy. So in an odd way, yeah, my days don't start till eight o'clock anymore or now. Yeah. So it's true. It's yeah, because you have such a no commute to your couch. Um, it seems uh, like <laughs> I stay on the hall. It's actually a shorter commute than to the couch. Yeah, but on a, on a that's kind of a light note. On a more serious, positive note, I am watching. Um, who is watching on on Facebook right now on Put Me I See, and I I do think I do see Mary Grace Foster who just tuned in. Um, what tuning in to watch Hi. us? Uh, and first and foremost, we want to shout out our thanks to not only Mary Grace but to all healthcare workers everywhere for all the work that they're doing during these difficult times. Um, we know Mary Triple Grace tweet. is working her ass off during all of this, and we could not be more thankful for all the work she's doing, not to the only people who are sick, but to helping keep other people safe uh, during all this. So thank you, Mary Grace. Um, we love you so much, and we're, we're so happy to call you a, a close friend and, and now a, a loyal listener and viewer. Uh, and she just post, posted a, a party <laughs> a party emoji on the, on the, on the chat. So <laughs> And, and it, two kissy faces and a drunk face. So it looks like it's a, night, it's a night off for Mary Grace. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Good night. What is tonight? Cheers Wednesday? to MG. Tonight is it's Hump Day, right? Hump Day Pod Day. Yep. Hump, hump Day. Bobby, I'd like to add uh, Emily Umo to that. Emily, uh, I Let's, mean, we have so I'll many, right. so Emily many, but Elaine, Elaine as well. Elaine. Um, yeah, I, I well, I'm not leaving. <laughs> Love you guys. I'm famous. <laughs> um, I'm not, I didn't mean to leave anybody else just because I saw Mary Grace, uh, who's actually sister, apparently. Um, 
So yeah, thanks again. Thanks to all healthcare workers out there. Um, all right, so let's get into it. Um, I, we have a we have a large uh, over under set by us by Megan Healy. Um, so we, we've got a lot to get to if we're going to hit that under um, quickly. Okay. Um, I, first and foremost, the uh, I keep saying that phrase. I, I even say it on my other podcast. Uh, but the last dance, we, I feel like we've started every episode since we've been since the last dance has premiered on ESPN. Just kind of recapping As the we last week's episodes. Sunday night was episode this seven and eight. This is the way. Uh, seven and eight. The last two, we're already near the, we're already at the end. The last two are this Sunday, My the God. finale, which is insane. Um, I need more. But you know, this last two, <laughs> these last two really got into how you know MJ kind of views himself as a competitor and how he was perceived by others as a competitor, not only people, his opponents, but his teammates um, and people around the league. And and then also his journey into baseball when he retired um, from basketball after his three, his first three Pete. Um, so we're going to get into those first couple uh, episodes. And now Chick Hernandez is joined in too. Welcome Chick. I have updated my cigar collection. I want to show it off to you. You'd be proud. <laughs> in time. Um, yeah. So yeah, Tom, if you want to take it away and just kind of, uh, give yeah, your well, thoughts on those, on these last two episodes. Yeah, Bobby. I mean, you kind of just to piggyback on what you said to a point where Michael really just described really just him as an athlete, but his leadership style, which was leading by example. And what I thought was so poignant was that he said, I never asked anything that I wasn't doing myself. And to a point where it got so intense that he started crying. Um, I mean, it, it, he put that much, you know, I, I know that the term blood, sweat and tears is, is often brought up so, so much in, in sports, but uh, I mean, it, it was quite literally that for him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, winning took was above all he, he wanted to win. He was going to win. It's kind of like that uh, Herman uh, Boone and, and I'm going to win. And uh, he had yeah. that, and we all knew that going into this. It's just kind of curious to see his viewpoint, um, how he perceived himself, and then how others perceived him. And I think it's kind of funny that he just kind of like, yeah, that's who I was. I was, sure, call me an asshole. I don't care. I, I won. And I loved, I mean, yeah. everyone loves the line of when he was like, yeah, I mean, you didn't win anything. I did. So yep. who cares? <laughs> End of discussion. End of discussion. <laughs> It's the only argument I need, Sean. <laughs> exactly. I and mean, that's that's exactly the point. Not to mention, that kid has some flawed arguments that I went and uh, dug up. Research. Yeah, it's, it's really not that big of a discrepancy between the two. No, uh, for, like, the rebounds and assists. And then the defense. Did defense, come on, that's not even close. Yep. MJ, he actually played defense. He yeah. guard more players. He could guard one through five. But Michael was the better all-round defender, and to me, it wasn't even close. He blocked Who won the Shaq of the year. Yeah, what? He bl- and he was nine-time. Was it? Did I say that right? Nine-time first-team all-all defense. First and then he blocked Something Shaq. Like he that. like stuffed Shaq as a six-six guy when Shaq was, you know, an up-and-coming rookie with the Magic. It was it was pretty impressive. And when he wasn't playing basketball for a year and a half, and still able to do that. True. You know, I, I'm not sure about you guys, Ian. Did you? I found myself laughing a lot throughout this whole series, though, so, uh, thus far, yeah. where it just, I love just it. reliving these stories about how just crazy he was in this team. It, it, I just found myself laughing. The Bradford Smith story, some Bullets player I've never heard of, 
And no idea. <laughs> the guy had the game of his life, and they told that story where he said, "Good game, Mike," and he never. But he never even said. He, said that. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> he goes out and goes, "I'm gonna." He scored 36. I'm gonna score 36 in the first half. And, in the first half. And he, I think he scored 35 or something. It was 37 and 36. <laughs> he got 37 scored on him. He scored 36 in the first half. Yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> it, it's yeah. I, I mean, it was. I just was laughing because there's was, nothing was, that motivates anybody like anything that he he makes that shit up himself mm-hmm. he doesn't even need it so really please please don't give him any reason like george carl did that was dumb that was the interesting yeah, part to that. me like the the whole making up i mean i feel like i don't know i i, I consider myself a, and this is what i think gets in the conversation of why he separated and why michael is the greatest of all time and it's silly to think that lebron's even close to him or i mean and, and, and or even kobe maybe yeah any team sport really but you know i consider myself a highly competitive person i know that tom and ian are one of the most competitive people that i know greg no. you're very competitive as well but i feel like we are Obviously, we're not MJ, but we are normal in the sense that we have a breaking point. You know, we have a point where we'll just say this isn't worth it, or I'm done, or I don't care. Yeah. Um. This, I'll, I'll just pass it along. Michael did not have that breaking point. He yeah. would just keep going. He kept going, going, going because he was going to beat you. That's how uber competitive he was. His breaking point was winning three championships in a row. He said yeah. after his second one that he was done, that he didn't want to keep <laughs> playing anymore, but. Michael, or excuse me, uh, Magic and Larry never won three in a row. So he's going to do that real quick before calling a quiz, just to make sure that everyone <laughs> yeah, knew no, no that he was deal. the best. And then he did it again. And then he took two years off and then just for kicks did it again. No big deal. How, Ian, how yeah, validated do you feel after watching all of this? Extremely validated. That, that <laughs> Michael's the best, that he's the yes. GOAT. He's the fucking GOAT. Like, I don't care what you say. Nobody can ever change my mind in that. And, mm-hmm. the, and the fact that the majority of the people who say LeBron is the GOAT. Okay, yeah, he is a he is a unbelievable player and probably mm-hmm. number two. But all these people who said it didn't watch Michael. They're all young, like yep. they're all Bobby's age or younger. Not 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 a knock, Bobby. No, was, I mean I'm not well, I'm... And I think in addition to that, could you imagine if Michael Jordan was built six foot eight, two eighty without an ounce of body fat? I mean 11 championships in a row. <laughs> yeah. Like the Bill Russell. Of Bill mean, Russell's. He could have he won eight in a row, advantages. but he wanted to play baseball. Like, let's just yeah. leave it at that. <laughs> Which we're going to get to. You know, I, <laughs> and it was, I'm rewatching the Sopranos right now. And, you know, Tony Soprano Obviously. is, yeah, is that, that alpha male status where, you know, season and season, some idiot picks a fight with him and then Tony, does what tony does and i like you always what why would you say something to the the boss of the the mafia like that's really stupid and you know i found watching this series like still his peers still talk shit to him like i don't know how many more examples we need for him not to be extra motivated just keep your mouth shut put your head down and yet still i i guess just i mean i know basketball in particular it is a game where the mental component of it is so significant and trash talking is just a part of the game but um i I would think he should be the exception to that yeah i mean and it's just funny how there's too many stories that we see that he's the exception to that it's like there's there's no why 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 
Um, yeah. Even his own teammate made the mistake. His ex teammate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> PJ Armstrong, the ageless wonder, by the way. Armstrong. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. He baby. Exactly he's still baby like faced. I mean, yeah. good for him, but he knew. He goes, I had a moment. He's yeah. like, I had a moment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's like, and you and know what? Like, Fucking live it up. Live it up, BJ. You even know? if you know you, even if you had that moment, even if you know it's going to bite you in the ass, enjoy it. Because you, you, you had won. A, you beat Michael. You beat you Michael. <laughs> It's going to yeah. bite you ass eventually, but you beat Michael for that one time, and you should enjoy that. Uh, we have Chick Hernandez, com- Chick Hernandez is commenting that uh, LeBron is a puss comparatively. <laughs> so Correct. Agreed. And, and Bobby, you know, speaking of that trash talk, we have that little sample that we, we have um, where he was, MJ was casually just sitting in the locker room holding a baseball bat, smoking a cigar, and talking about yes. trash talk. Hell yes. He might like cigars more than you, Greg. He definitely does. I see if all that trash talking starts when it's zero zero instead of five six point lead. That's where it starts. That's the sign of a good man. If you can talk shit when it's even score, or talk shit when you're behind score, when you're ahead, it's easy to talk. Mike does not need any more. Well, that's all right. (laughs) I mean, and he's right. I, it's crazy <laughs> that I've been a competitor. I consider myself a competitor my entire life, and I've, I mean, sure, there's little times where like, all right, I'm gonna make something up, but I'm, just, I need, to, I need, I need to know how to motivate myself. And there'll be little mm-hmm. times where like, all right, I'll just, I'll, you know, when I was really young, my, the thing I used to do, I used to like always just pinch myself as hard as I can right before a game, just to kind of wake me up. Um, but his was like so psychological. Like he was playing a mind game with himself almost. And and I just that story of it, it not being real, it's just like all right, he's on another level. This guy is a little crazy. And I think you I mean, you have to be crazy to be that good at something, to be that committed to something. You have to be a little bit kind of crazy and insane. And and we've seen it and you know, all the stories about him golfing, everything like that. It's just he will make anything a competition. That quarter game, two episodes of game, he's playing with the bodyguard. I mean, what is that? <laughs> that was just, they're, they're literally throwing quarters at a wall, and he made yeah. it a competition. Yeah, he. Um, I was listening to Steve Buckhands and Phil Chenier's podcast today, and yeah, they had David Falk on theirs, and Falk told a story. He's a, another local guy, lives in Montgomery County, I think. And he has a Pac-Man machine. MJ came over, and they decided to play Pac-Man, and they had to play until MJ won a game. <laughs> of course, they did. Yeah, it's it's uh, it, it's just it's so great reliving this. I feel so validated watching that. But and you know, I I think when he got emotional talking about being a teammate, being a leader, is winning was more important than gaining being well liked, being loved by your teammates, being revered, and just being respected by everyone it's not you know all handshakes and hugs like you're saying at the before and after games bobby i mean it was winning became before came before anything else yeah and um i just had a thought what was that about uh to that point have that effect on people i got it i got it i got it ah shit i lost it tom what were you saying (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry, what? No, shut up. Oh, God, stop distracting me. Um, oh, okay. Well, to, 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 sorry, I got it. I got it. Shut up. Uh, uh, to that point of 
you know, and, and we heard stories kind of leaking, I think through his son before the series premiered, that he was kind of, that Michael was kind of nervous, that he was like, I don't think people are going to like me. People are going to think I'm an asshole. Um, I don't know about you guys. This makes me like MJ more. I now totally under understand where he's coming from. I, I, it, I also yeah. think at a certain point, it takes a lot of self-respect, self, you know, acknowledgement of who you are as a person to admit that, mm-hmm. to be like, yeah, I was a dick, but I had a reason for being a dick. I, and the, mm-hmm. like you said earlier, the perfect line of, I didn't make any of my teammates do anything that I wouldn't do. Um, yeah. And you know, he was a dick, but he, you know, he was fair. He was fair about it. It all so, had a. It all had a. Purpose. It all had a purpose, and all that purpose was winning. And you know, as someone who grew up playing sports and still loves watching and playing and being competitive to this day, I understand and respect that. So I almost like him more now than I ever mm-hmm. have before. Even though, and I've always revered him as one of, if not the greatest athlete of all time. He's a global icon. Um, he was like the first. He was yeah. the first one I mean, to take over the. Fun. It was pretty crazy that one episode when they talk about the whole Jordan brand and how that took off, and he was just mm-hmm. a sensation. Man, uh, Adidas, you have it. I'm so <laughs> glad. It. Dumb fucks. I'm so glad he didn't go to Adidas. Forever bitter. It's also funny too that um, they were talking about like the biggest shoe in basketball at the time was Converse, and now Nike owns Converse. <laughs> oh yeah, and Converse is nothing. If it wasn't for like the Chuck Taylors, yeah, nobody would even know so what the Converse was. The shoes suck. You know, and um, I don't get it, it, but it also a lot of Michael's life was based off of this tragedy with the murder of his father. And, you know, I, I was so young when that happened. I mean, I knew he was killed, but I didn't know it was, you know, something as you know, random as sleeping in a parking lot and he gets robbed. It, it sounds fishy for lack of better words, but, um, you know, he wasn't found for weeks. And I, I know of the relationship they had. They were so incredible. They were very, very close. And, you know, to me, there's that famous image of, you know, when Michael comes back and he wins that championship against the Sonics and he's just lits it all out and he's just bawling, crying with the ball in the trainer's room. But then they release the audio for the first time and you could hear him gasping. Mm-hmm. And I guess just all of that negative energy, all of that grief just out. It was on Father's Day, for fuck's sake! Like I didn't know that either. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that's insane. Yeah, you didn't know. I did not like all those things. Like I remember a little bit as a kid, but I had I did not understand the mm-hmm. the gravity of it all. Yeah, honestly, though, it was insane. It was nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me either. And then his father also turned was part of the reason that he changed his career and went to baseball. I mean, he said his yeah. father always wanted him to play baseball growing up. And, was, and they didn't probably would have stuck with it too. So that's something I want to bring up because one, they didn't say this in the documentary, but as I understand, the reason why MJ wanted to play baseball, yes, his father loved it, um, but he said his father said it was the hardest sport out there. And he wants to be the best. Challenge accepted. <laughs> and then he just goes hits two hundred at double A when he was so, wasn't even supposed to so, be there. Yeah, Bobby, let's let's discuss that because <laughs> Michael abruptly retires, decides that he wants to play baseball. He hasn't played since high school in a in small town Wilmington North Carolina and has to play in double a baseball because that's what the media can handle it takes what usually Bobby you know this what two to three years to even make it to double a I mean there's two levels yeah unless you're a top prospect a number one draft pick 
Adley. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, some guys never make it, you know, guys who are, are dra- highly regarded draft picks, you know, other aspects take a part of that, of course, like injuries and stuff, but yeah, some guys never even make double a and you're, you're taking, I mean, I get it. It's kind of like the Tebow effect right now. I don't remember where Tebow started out, but it's like, all right, mm-hmm. one, Okay, we can use the facilities as a reason to put my double A, but let's just put my double A. We'll get the most publicity there, and you know who cares if he stinks? It's Michael freaking Jordan, and we'll make money. Blah 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 blah. I yeah. mean, he started off with a thirteen game hitting streak, which yeah. I one of the coaches I think called a a fluke, or I think you hear in the broadcast like one of the commentators on the mm-hmm. like game broadcast of like the game that he breaks his streak. Uh, calls a fluke. Thirteen games is no fluke. Well, it's because it was once they started using the breaking balls, yeah. right? But still, but still, I mean, that's thirteen no, games. Thirteen games. I <laughs> thirteen mean, games is fucking nuts. Five or seven yeah. games is a fluke. Thirteen double digits. That's no <laughs> fluke. I mean, you're and, you're you're hitting. Yeah, and Donald, you had thirteen games hitting streak in softball. Probably, probably not. <laughs> probably not. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um. Right? And no, you, 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 you probably how many, how many games were in one season that I played? About 13. Maybe. <laughs> Halfway. <laughs> you, you know, Bob, it, and you can argue that double A is the most challenging because, you know, you have triple A's for like the fringe. It's the biggest MLB jump. Players where, you know, double A's are the, are the true talent. That's where the, all the potential is. So. I mean, he's facing guys that are going to be playing in the bigs in a in a couple of years or so. I mean, he's facing I mean, guys fact, that probably make made the jump from double A to the bigs. I mean, that's the double like, A is the point where you start going to the bigs. You can just skip triple A. Are like I, I can't muster up the the proper words to explain how difficult that that is, and that he was able to hit two hundred. That he built his way back up to two hundred. Like, yes, I mean after after the thirteen like, game hitting streak. Breaking balls, boom, he hits rock bottom in terms from a batting average standpoint. And then he works his way back up. I mean, the freaking yeah. regimen that the hitting coach was telling that he was going through, you know, he would bat early in the morning and then he would work out and then we would go to normal batting practice and then it'd be the game. And then he's batting practice after the game too. Then and he's got to lift weights. Insane. <laughs> to change his body to a baseball yeah. body. And he builds back up to to two hundred. Actually, it was over two hundred. It was two hundred three. <laughs> yeah. So I mean that it's an, I it's mean a, I know it, it's his an amazing feat is, is is often thought of as a failure. That I mean they had top Terry Francona himself, a World Series champion, said it, it would have been no doubt in my mind he would have made it to the bigs. Yeah. At some point, like yeah, if he would have stuck with it for another year or two. But no, yeah. he decided he needed to go win three more basketball championships. So, but if there was no strike, would he have? I think he just need, he needed he needed to be doing something with a yeah. strike. Yeah, like true because he uh, came back in like after three quarters of the season. And but. and that's something I also want to bring up in Porter. I'll, I'll explain this to you because I'd like your opinion about this too. So obviously, Scottie Pippen has, was always a second fiddle to Mike. And then when MJ retired the first time, Scotty took over and he became one of the best players in the league, an MVP candidate and deservedly so. The Bulls are in the playoffs without him. And uh, it's coming down to a last second shot, last second possession. And uh, the Bulls call timeout and Phil Jackson designs a play for Tony Kukoc, not Scotty Pippen. Scotty was so 
took that so badly that he refused to go back in the game. He essentially quit on his team at the, in the most important game of the season. Um, and one, Tony, Phil was right. Tony Kukoc made it. Uh, Drilled it. It was the right call. But you're looking at one of the best players ever uh, and a guy that is respected, you know, league-wide. And um, I don't think – I didn't know about that. I forgot. Um, I don't think I've ever seen something like that where and, – and Scotty still will – he outright will apologize. Just a momentary lapse of reasoning. Well, what is the question, my opinion of Scotty Hoopin doing that? Or, sure, Yes. It's long-winded. I, I, I mean, I don't think anyone saw this as a surprise, but no, you don't, you know, <laughs> you don't, you don't give up on the people that, you know, you work with and your manager or leader may make those choices, which they're paid and in charge to do. And that's not your place to, you know, uh, be LeBron James in that situation um, to try and think that you can, you know, I, no, I, I, <laughs> I'd be if I were one of his teammates, I'd be furious at him. They were. I think that would have, I I would have sympathized with him in the situation if he had come back to the game and been more on his side to be like, yeah, that's fucked up. Like he should have given you that shot, but yeah. him not coming back, I would have been like, the fuck's the matter with you? Apologize. Like that's that's what she did. Dramatic shit. Yeah, I mean his team. They had a players only meeting right after that game a buzzer beating win in the playoffs and uh the leader of that team bill cartwright was in tears talking about scotty i can't believe you did this like, oh, that's so awesome yeah you're our best player like yeah what is wrong with you um yeah. you know i i i forgot about that bobby ian i don't i don't know about you guys but that is uh i i hate that to begin with with kind of in any sport is like you know that drama queen mentality or that you know diva mentality of i'm i'm more important to that especially in a team scenario where that is never the case like you're mm -hmm. you're never that important case in point you know when lebron went to you know uh the cavaliers to begin with of just like just mm -hmm. one person is not you're, you're not that important even in professional sports even if you are that good you'll never be as good as you think you are in that mentality if you think that way because sure you're never going to get the, the, you know, performance out of your teammates that you want. So. And, and, well, and that's the thing is Pippen is not that yeah, guy. That, that was surprising no. for me to hear. He's not I didn't that, know self, that. that selfish guy. Like, always yeah. thought of Pippen as a. They even called yeah. him. He's more of a distributor than a scorer. The facilitator. Yeah, facilitator. He's a yeah. facilitator. Like that's what, he, that's his job. That's what he loves to do. That's what he's great at. But the thing that's surprising would be most so good. is that he doubled down on it. Like he mm -hmm. said he would not change a thing of what happened. Yeah, I he guess said, it's because of what happened after that, like the team meeting mm -hmm. when they came together. Yeah. It, to, to say that still to this day that, nah, I still wouldn't go back in. That's an interesting point. And yeah. like, is, did he say that in the sense, like that's a lesson I, I needed to learn from myself so I wouldn't change it? Or, that, that's it. That's what it has to Or be. would he be like, no, I felt disrespect in that moment. I would still, you know, I would still sit down. I want to know. I, wanna, me, I, I would hope the first one. Yeah, that's the only one that would make sense for me, especially like it's Scottie Pippen. Like the motherfucker got underpaid his entire career. He got underappreciated his entire career. And and that explains his behavior, I guess, because he's I get it. always like felt I get like he's mad. Been... I do not get sitting on the bench. I don't get that. Yeah, you get you get in your the playoffs. Ass yeah, in the playoffs. Yeah, you get you get you get the fuck in the game. You want to be like Mike? Mike would not sit on the bench for that. 
Well, I, I think, like I said earlier, I I have gained a new expanded respect for Michael Jordan. I think he was worried, like when he would said that he was worried that people would uh, not like him or think he was an asshole. I I completely understand where he's coming from, and I like him more because of it. I think I'm starting to like dislike Scottie Pippen a little more because of what I'm seeing out of this documentary. It's actually the opposite effect that I think would happen because the whole thing with his contract again, that's not completely out of that's not totally in his control. He had a family mm-hmm. to take care of. He had uh, two people in wheelchairs in his household he needs to take care of. I understand that. But yep. the pettiness at near the end of his career of wanting to get paid. Look, it's, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, we see this all the time in sports now. It's like you signed a contract, you have to honor it. I mean, that's just the way it is. <laughs> is it fair? No, but you signed it. You know, you should have stuck your, your neck job. out more a little more for yourself. And then this whole quitting on the team in the most important game of the season – that's terrible. And then also we know um, from early, in the earlier episode that near the end of the second-to-last season when he got hurt, he had the option to get that surgery and get fixed and be ready for the playoffs. Hey, he but he had a summer it. coming. He, and he, he waited until the end of the summer to get fixed um, and then set, basically sat out the entire first half of the season. So, I mean, it's, it's weird to say, but I think I'm coming out disliking Scotty a little more throughout all this. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's been the way it's been portrayed, and it's true. and the other thing, and the other thing about it too is him admitting it, acknowledging it, and then also being like, "Yeah, but I wouldn't change it." It's like, all right. Yeah. I think it was look, we all, and especially in a as an athlete, I mean, in the playoffs, it's such an emotional sport. Um, but I just didn't think Scotty was of that ilk, and um. Yeah, and I, I, it's just a momentary lapse of judgment, I suppose. And yeah, you know they. I mean the the fact that his teammates didn't kill him, I guess, just speaks because <laughs> he was beloved by he was everyone's favorite teammate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I, I liked the um, the story of Steve Kerr. I think if someone comes out, I like even more is uh, Steve Kerr through this, and you know him sticking up for himself, and you know it, it actually. Um, improved uh, Kerr's and Michael Jordan's relationship, their friendship, where, you know, in a practice, uh, things got a little bit physical and Steve Kerr didn't back down and they went fisticuffs and MJ punched him in the face. And so, you know, Steve Kerr goes, I'm a patient man. I have limits, but I'm also a competitor and uh, not going to let someone talk to me, talk to me like that. And he goes, because, and he goes, because I backed down, Michael respected me after that. Yeah. I didn't back down. Excuse yeah. me. And um, yeah, it, it's kind of like a what's a Winston Churchill quote: "To make peace, you have to make war first. Nice. Is it? Kerr, Kerr was my favorite when I was younger. Kerr's my mm-hmm. favorite white guy who could shoot. I was like, I was like twelve years old, and I was like, yeah, give me all of that because I was trying to learn how to correct my four from this to actually oh, yeah. the, the appropriate one. I watched so much tape on Steve Kerr, mm-hmm. and I fucking loved him now. I'm just like, let's get it, Stevie. Yeah, you know, and it's making these comps on like what players would be like and today and things like that. It's the NBA has changed so drastically. It's it's an unfair comparison to, you know, compare the the '86 Celtics versus the 2018 Warriors or something like that. But when I look at this Bulls team, I mean, Scottie Pippen would have been fantastic in today's league. Top five player, the positionless player. You know, he's one of the first point forwards ever. Um, you know, you mentioned being a facilitator. You could defend, what, four positions probably um, easily. Probably easily. the best um, best in the 
maybe we've ever seen. Um, I mean, they had outside shooting with Steve Kerr and John Paxson. Tony Kukoc was a stretch four. Dennis Rodman just set screens and rebounded. I mean, it's it's what you see today. Luke, Long, Luke Longley would have stayed on the bench. Yes, he wouldn't have played at all. <laughs> and Rodman would have played five. Yeah, it would have been fantastic. Yep. So if the if the Warriors played with Draymond as the center, you're going to tell mm-hmm. me that Dennis Rodman <laughs> can't lock down that, and then between Scotty and Michael to shut down Clay and Steph, mm-hmm. maybe not lock lock them down, but slow them down as much, and that's all you need. God, they were so fucking good. <laughs> yeah, it would have been that would have been a good matchup. I, I'm trying to even picture it more. Like Steve Kerr would have eaten that off in that offense, just corner threes by himself. And they yes. had a, they had a, a clo- their three point line back then was closer in too. Yep. True yeah. chains. All right, Tom, you have a question uh, for us? Yeah. So you know, I was thinking about this. They mentioned this on Grant and Danny. I thought it was a great topic, and this doesn't necessarily need to be sports order. I mean, for for anything. And I just said, what would you want to see a ten part documentary series on? And I, I wrote down three things, and really the first one that came to my mind. Good and this was, yeah, <laughs> was, you know, during my, when I was still writing, um, was the rise and fall of RG3. And guys, that was eight years ago. And I we're still debating that. And yeah. I mean, he went from the Heisman Trophy winner out of, you know, typically a dormant uh, program at Baylor, wins a Heisman gets drafted second overall, wins the rookie of the year over Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck, and Ryan Tannehill. Um, all three are all Luck's retired, but um, wins the division and just has one of the most Shakespearean-like tra- like falls that I've ever seen in sports. Is that your only one? He could one? have ran for mayor immediately. Oh, yeah. One, one and thousand. we all would have voted for him. Done. Yeah. It was his town. It was. That's a good one. It was that that year was exhilarating. It was. It was was electric. It was the most fun year I've ever had as a Redskins fan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just if you look at it from the football perspective, I mean, we were running an offense that was revolutionary at the time in the NFL. What you saw in college, and now it's the run pass option is installed in every offense in all thirty two teams essentially. Yep. Thank you. I mean, again, yeah, right. And again, winning the rookie of the year, leading the team to a division. He was, I think his efficiency was like 20 touchdowns, only like five interceptions. Gets hurt, misses a game. Um, Hello, Dionata, maybe ends his career. Then, and just people get fired. Two coaches get fired. Um, and then their fourth round pick beats them out, become turns out to be the better overall quarterback in Kirk Cousins. It's just, um, you know, it, it's a Hollywood like script. Yeah, that's a great one. A lot I, of things around here are Hollywood yeah. scripts. That's they're, a, they're all tragedies, but, the, but yeah, they're scripts, not, not all tragedies. Yeah. Well, some of them, most of them, are, most of them are tragedies. Yes, <laughs> that was my number two. Well, I was gonna say, I think. Um, I was nervous when you brought this topic up, Tom, because I think I, you and I were going to have a lot of similar ones, but I did not have RG3, which I should have, but I did not have RG3 on my list. I I mean, we got to think. I mean, this guy, when he came out of Baylor, he was so revered, not just as an athlete and a football player, but as a person. Yeah. Like, they said, like, this guy has future politician written all over him. Like, he says, he does all the all of the right things. And um, 
oh my god <laughs> yeah well we yeah, called him our jesus yeah i mean the, the day he got drafted i went to models of bethesda and bought an rj3 shirt like it was it became his name just became a battle cry yeah local you remember when we traded for the number two and you, yeah. you and i called each other immediately we yep. were losing our fucking minds losing it losing it and i was at latasca i was at latasca I, I won't forget it anyway. yeah i <laughs> i mean Tosca. right so good those were good times yeah they were oh you know, and uh you know it's again here we are this is eight years ago that that year happened eight years ago yeah. and um I, I, again, we're still debating this, and this position still hasn't been solved. Well, hopefully it is now, but but we don't know. Um, we don't know. We should have already known, but we don't. <laughs> no, after one year, you don't know that. No, no, no. I'm saying we should have. Like RG3 should have been it. Right. Kirk Cousins should have been it, or Kirk Cousins should have been one of them. Should have been it. Here we are, eight, <laughs> yeah. eight years later, or what? Three years later, whatever it is for Kirk. And we still, yeah, and, and, still have a huge question mark on another first-round draft pick. Yeah, and to me, I, I just, with RG3, it just got, it was, it was upsetting to see him play so poorly after all his knee injuries. Yeah. Uh, Ian Porter and I went, we went to that game against the Bucks, the one that I, like, after Mike Evans scored a second touchdown on man coverage with matched up with a linebacker, and I was Peter Griffin in, uh, at FedEx Field, done. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and um you know i mean he couldn't even develop a read like he couldn't look through his first progression second i mean he lost anything in every piece of talent he had at that point he and it was just it was sad yeah like, I, it was i also think the D, the nfl defenses they figured it out they figured it out and that's why mm-hmm. we had to do it that year mm-hmm. Even without his injury, it would have been a it would have been a rougher second year for him. Mm-hmm. Not as obviously not even close to what what happened, but yeah, we, we needed to do it that year to yep. make a make a, a long run. But it was just the league figured him out. He didn't have that explosiveness. He was never one for yep. reads. Like the pistol froze the linebackers yep. for a long, long enough time where he just pinpoints. Yep, and he had that athleticism where they had to. I had to acknowledge it. Yeah. yeah. And it was just, it was so much fun. I mean, his week one game against New Orleans when we were at Wing Hub in Bethesda, we miss it. And yeah. I, I remember like at the end of that game, it was, I think we scored like 45 something points. And I'm like, I'm just sitting at our, I'm just sitting at our table, like trying to like process this. I'm like, we're, we're going to have this guy for how long? Yes. Like, oh my God! His first play was an eighty-eight yard touchdown. To Pierre, number eighty-eight. Or not? That wasn't his first. It wasn't his first play, but his first it was, touchdown. It was the first touchdown. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah, at, and, uh, and then for the fourth and ten against the Giants. Yeah. Where he, oh. makes, he puts Jason JPP on skates, mm-hmm. and then after the game, JPP even says, "I'm just asking the football gods why we have to play him twice a year for the next decade." Yeah. <laughs> Jokes on you! It's only about for the his, next two years. Uh, what about his Vikings touchdown when he took uh, off? I mean, that's the highlight of his Redskins career. Because we were one we person were, not cheering on the sideline. Kirk, Kirk Cousins. Cousins. <laughs> <laughs> because we, Ian, you and I were yelling like, "Get down! Get down! Get down! Get down!" Like normal Redskins fans. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that was my my Thank first you. topic, guys. I, I would be curious to see what other 
ideas that you have. Uh, Tom, you kind of just hinted that it was your number two, but my number one, and I said this on Twitter, I think like a week ago, but um, mm-hmm. the Caps and the Nats respective and then collective World Championship mm-hmm. celebrations, just both yep. celebrations yep. Um, in 2018 and then uh, and now in 2019, just mm-hmm. so, so much joy. All I ever mm-hmm. want is for my DC sports athletes to be best friends. And then we're best friends with those best friends. It would be really cool about <laughs> both those documentaries. Went. If they did like an episode of, you know how, when they uh, do different documentaries, they'll follow like three different groups mm-hmm. and they do fans of just like how long they've waited, like their day of going That's to the parade, so <laughs> like that, that'd be dope. Um, and there'd be Ian, you know, just <laughs> in the background peeing somewhere. Three shoots to the wind. <laughs> You know, we should we should have it's 11 o'clock in, in the morning just, that'd be that'd be dope <laughs> uh but yeah imagine it's starting with the caps winning the stanley cup and then ending with the washington nationals staying at verizon center until what was it like pat well past midnight 2 a.m in the morning on the yeah. ice hammered i mean oh my god i want that so bad I want to know all the stories. I want to know everything that they did. You want you want to party with them. I want to party with them so so freaking badly. I just, I don't even want. And I wanted to party with you guys. I don't need to be involved. I just want to know wh- how they partied, because then that sets the standard. <laughs> Are you sure about that? Yes, because that sets the standard for our party <laughs> from here on out. If somebody came up to you, a genie, and was like, one million dollars. Will Smith genie, or- right? <laughs> Nice. (laughs) Leave your own fucking podcast. Cool, cool, cool. You get one million dollars, or you get to go relive all of that with the caps and the nets. A million dollars. Reliving? No, hell no. I'm not talking to you, Greg. Uh, The economist took money. Shocker. (laughs) No, I'm reliving all of that. If I could relive summer of 2018 up until now all over again, I would do it in a heartbeat. Are there hangover cures? In this hypothetical oh, you scenario, what you get. the it'll, hangover it'll feel so sweet. Oh, I, I loved every hangover that I ever had during that Stanley Cup championship. <laughs> Guess run. what? They didn't get hangovers because they continued. It's called shampooing. <laughs> <laughs> Lather, rinse, repeat, my friends. Bobby, are you sure you want to try to keep up with Russians? I didn't. Again, I don't want to keep up with them. I, I want to set a new standard. I want to keep up with them. I, I was about to say. I think there's someone in here that would like to. I mean, to I'll give it my best. I'll g- give me one night. Let me go to Moscow and party with. <laughs> Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, and Orlov, and drink or eat. I, think, I don't even know what you do with caviar, but do whatever you do with caviar out of the cup, and I'll drink vodka <laughs> all night. They're, I mean, they may be Russians, but they're professional athletes. Like they have to, you know, stay in shape and not drink most of the year. No, that's not true. They, not they not cap players. <laughs> yeah, all the time, dude. It's known like the, dude, they, the, the, the Russian Russia house, Russia, Russia house, yeah. All right, well, I guess I take it back. You can't hang with them. I, well, I whiskey? No, they, they put it down. Well, they, they probably have sailing bags. Well, also, Porter, I don't know. They have Russian cocaine blood. Cocaine is a hell of a drug, so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Koozie said he didn't do it. <laughs> it was vitamin C. Of course, of course. Pat, Are you sure know, about that? It was, yeah. uh, it was an airborne, just smashed up. I felt, I felt a tickle coming on. Yeah. Um, my second one, Tom, was uh, – and you, maybe you have this on your list too. I got this idea actually from Mark Zuckerman, but Jim Riggleman's resignation and then his night at Caddy's. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> nice. I think I don't know if that could be turned into a ten parter, but it wouldn't be. But I give me like a good two hour documentary about. It. I want to know what I want to know all the stories. What the hell happened? I, I have I've heard good stories from people on the beat who were still there when that happened. Mark Zuckerman, mm-hmm. who's covered every single national season there's ever been, has said that's still the craziest story he's ever covered. The, the whole twenty four mm-hmm. hours because then they flew out to Chicago and. Uh, blew a save three times in one game against the White Sox, and then their interim interim manager got booted. Got ejected, <laughs> yep. Then David Johnson gets hired. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I just want to – and then ha- why – like, what happened at Caddy's? What, like, we all know what <laughs> happened. happened. Yeah, exactly. Caddies. We knew what happened <laughs> after Caddy's, but yeah. – Hell yes. Um, and then my third would be – I should have, I guess, narrowed down to RG3, but I just said – Give me a ten parter starting in what was it ninety nine? Give me Dan Snyder destroying. Give me a documentary on Dan Snyder destroying the Redskins while we see Mm -hmm. every other DC sports team start to rise. Just the complete juxtaposition of the Redskins tanking and every other team. Like just, I want to see in comparison to how Leonsis brought up the Capitals and the Wizards. even though the Wizards haven't made it yet, but they still have made playoffs and won playoff series, and how the Redskins just went from being the cream of the crop in the NFL to being the laughingstock. All because and of him. The, the offshoots of all the people who who were here, yeah. we had in the building, yep. and then went off to be extremely successful. Players and coaches alike. Yes. General oh, managers, too. It would have to be a 25-parter. Like, yeah. I mean, how much time we got? It's It's been 25 years, hasn't it? Give me one... One part for each year. Episode per year. There we go. I, I saw someone post on Twitter that we need to give Snyder credit for changing this culture. I was like, no, no. Oh, I will no. piss on your fuck yourself. That that did they misspell Ron Rivera? Possibly be a real Redskins fan to ever fucking say that shit. Yeah, that's Porter saying that. Someone he's fucking paid to go on the fucking internet and some marketing company to be like, so he's a nice guy. Yeah, <laughs> it's Snyder's burner account. Bruce, is that you? It doesn't matter. Snyder can't, he can literally do nothing right until we have evidence of the fact that he's left the fucking building and has just let Rivera, let, let them do their fucking thing and we get some wins on the board. Like that is the only time because 20 years cannot be erased by one fucking off season. He did it. Topic. Oh no, Porter ended it. Porter ended it. Porter. Porter's our king. So I I got one more, but Ian and Porter, do you have? People can kiss my ass. Do you have an idea for a documentary? So two of my three have been taken. It was Caps number one. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Mm -hmm. No, and that one was actually my number three. Is just the Redskins in general, but number two, going off sports, I just want to watch. All of the Marvel documentaries that I can, and like, just I want to be in the boardroom where they're making all of these things, like where they just mapped it all out beautifully. Like, all right, let's do Phase One like this. Let's cast this, this, and this. That's Iron Man right there. Oh, <laughs> yes, that's a, that's fantastic. I want. Can I can I tag along? Can I be your plus one? I want all of that. Yes, give me all of that too. That's a great answer. That's a great off. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I, JVIP has like, not stopped commenting. Jimmy is king. On <laughs> the Jimmy is king. Jimmy greater than RG three. That's the truth. But Jimmy is the king. 
I would like a 10 part documentary series on the Jimmy's rise to glory. That's my number three. Porter, what you got for us? The civil war. I I would, I would love to see the, the caps and, and, and nationals in a 10 part series. I feel like that'd be really just between the two teams. And, and I'd really enjoy that one because I think I'd learn a shit ton. Um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, I think my third, I was like the whole time you guys are talking, it's just, it, it wouldn't be sports. And if I was really okay. thinking about it of like what doesn't exist of the things that I'm interested in, even though I don't believe it couldn't be a 10 part series um, I, as, as much as I love the man, but like general Mattis, I would love to see his fucking biography documentary of, of who he is as a person. Cause every time he talked because you guys know i have a, a, a love affair with that man i want him very to much him. that's putting it mildly um <laughs> it's a fair it's a fair crush it really is i he's he's just he's just too awesome he's he's an american treasure um so that would that would be mine i'd love to see just a documentary on him which i, I believe will probably show up especially since how popular his book is which i still need to read I'm being lazy that's good. I could just hear Porter watching it. Yes. 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 And then he ascends. Murder boners are real. The uh, the last thing I, I wanted to I brought up, and I'm surprised Bobby and Ian, you guys didn't say this, but when you think about, I wanted a ten part series on Gary Williams and how he took Maryland <laughs> program, which was at its lowest point following the death of Len Bias. And this wasn't just a local issue. This became a national, international issue with the relationships with, you know, Len Bias kind of put a face to the, the war on drugs, so to speak. And, um, it, you know, take what, um, HBO. I want, I want, oh, uh, yep. And so I want Lee Lee Schreiber to um, absolutely, absolutely. He is the only narrator. Shit out of only this, narrator. Yes. Yep. Um, I I would want to see how Gary Williams took this program from the doldrums and then brought it to the point he did with winning a national championship, and also how he did it so unconventionally. And in addition to that, being able to compete with two of the best college basketball programs in um, excuse me in in their history with Duke and UNC. Um, you know, he was doing this with lesser talent and playing in a, in a school that was grieving so significantly with Len Bias. And he did it, you know, time and time again for, you know, over a, what, a 15-year period, really, 20-year um, period. So it, it's, uh, you know, those are really my fondest memories as a sports fan growing up because that was the only thing that was really watchable. And, um you know, it, it was just, he just became, became the heart and soul of, you know, being a, a local basketball fan. You're right. That's a good one. Yeah, it's a great one. And I, I, yeah. I think back to the uh, 30 for 30 on Len Bias without bias. And I, my, one of my takeaways from that is that the ending is like, well, no, I want more. Like what happens like as a Maryland fan, I know yeah. obviously Len Bias' story and tragic, tragically comes to yeah. an end. But as a Maryland fan, I'm like, well, what happened to the program? Like, what happens next? I mean, they give a brief summary of what happened, but I think that tags on perfectly. It's like, well, here's how Maryland dug itself back out and became one of the most respected programs in the country. Yeah. And, and then Mark I Turgeon. Think it, and it, it, it parallels to, you know, what happened to this country with the epidemics of what, what you know, heroin, crack cocaine, cocaine did to, I know, various major cities throughout the country. And again, Len Bias was the, 
like one of the first, you know, just say no stories I can remember when I was younger. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, to go on a non-sports route, I think I want a 10 part documentary series on how professor X can break so many cerebros and then keep <laughs> getting new ones. Where is that coming from? <laughs> breaking that breaking fucking my thing. Bar here, huh? You break my, my bar. He keeps breaking that fucking thing. How much does that cost? Like right all the time. Uh, Sorry, that was forever one of the greatest things ever. Unbelievable. Porter, when I heard that live, chances of probability of that happening to sync up so correctly is impossible. Insane. When I heard that live, I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> you know, another one I, I would want to see would be the story of Chris Moneymaker. The um, came out of nowhere to win the World Series of Poker. This was just a regular Joe Schmo, and you know, to see where gambling has taken off as a country now. Um, you know, I feel like that could always tie in and. You know, Moneymaker was really the, ironically enough, that being his last name. But, um, you know, that was kind of the the start, put war, the World Series of Poker on the map. Sure did. Was that 2004? Something like that. We were in high school. Yeah. Um, Bobby Porter was is, in uh, third grade. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what year? What year? Fuck, that means Pope was in like, oh, Jesus. No, wait, hold on. What year? I was joking. I didn't hear what you were talking about. <laughs> what year? 2004. 2004. Oh, no, I was, I was in sixth. We in high school. I was in sixth Yeah, grade. no. I'm talking about Bobby. Porter, I'm surprised. Because I know the year we graduated, Porter. <laughs> I came late to the party. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> Porter, I'm surprised there is not a Marine-centric okay, documentary that you would like to see a series on. I, I was even going to say maybe how you all became Devil Dog. No, I've, I've, I've seen Devil those. Those exist. There are plenty of, plenty of fucking documentaries on the Marines. Probably mm-hmm. the best PBS uh, did one uh, a number of years ago in the early 2000s, which is fucking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, I actually have a like a I, I bought the DVD of because it was that good, even though you can watch it for free on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, Devil Dogs, they've, they've explained that. I mean, that's honestly, you couldn't, Devil Dogs is from World War One. It's the Battle of Bella Wood. Um, there's, I could explain that in two minutes. A, a 10 part mm-hmm. series would kind of just bludgeon a, but, a lot of murder. Yeah. Um, but, but it, uh, I, I, I was like trying to think of things that I'm actually interested in that would watch 10 fucking episodes of, um, I, I really love war history and I, I still haven't finished the, the Vietnam documentaries. Oh, it's great. Um, I think I have like three episodes left and I've, I, my, my emotionally and mentally, I was just fucking drained. I was like, I can't do this right now. And I yep. just kind of let it, let it slide. But, um, um, there are, there are plenty of, of great, military and especially marine documentaries that i i love um a lot uh or military in general for that matter um especially yeah. now after the the war on terror is pretty much um gone away or at least is in the shadows of it so um yeah, i really just want to i i, I want to know Come everything on, devil <laughs> just he'll be your best friend one day i don't yes, know how please, please god I just want to sit on his porch in white painted rocking chairs, drinking mint juleps and talking about just murdering everybody. <laughs> He's not going to drink a mint julep. Oh, yes, he will. <laughs> yes, he will. Sorry, you kept saying devil dogs, and all I could think of is that scene from Heavyweights. 
devil dog. You devil log. <laughs> log. So um, on to our next topic, and that is back to the Redskins. A <clears throat> um, couple things. The schedule was released last week. Woo! We open up against the Eagles again for the second year in a row. This time it will be at FedEx Field. Um, we spoke about this field advantage. We we spoke about this briefly on the on the group chat, Bobby. And you know, this is last year was really I thought that in my opinion, that was probably rock bottom for this franchise. And I do not think it's a coincidence that this is the first time in twenty years that the Redskins are not playing a primetime game. No, you're probably right. Um I mean it, ha- I mean, it has to be. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> Thank you. That's what we've been asking for. Yeah. Bobby, you got your wish. Besides one week, Sundays, one o'clock or four o'clock. Oh yeah. That's yeah, it. yeah. That's and and That's Ian, all you want. I think Ian and I agree. We will take Thanksgiving against the Cowboys no. versus no Monday night football games every single time. Every fucking know. day of the week. Every but do you want them to ruin time. your holiday again? I, Thanksgiving is a tough no, holiday. No, it's not gonna fucking happen. <laughs> Thanksgiving is a tough holiday to ruin. And secondly, if you just go in expecting them to lose, all you have to all See, you have all you can do is win. So okay, so but also it's a time of it because I would rather play at twelve or play at eight because that is like peak like eating time where you're supposed to sit down with your family and not watch football. And See, but it, here's my thing. But I, this, we always eat early is, then. We just eat at three o'clock. This is a guarantee that I don't have to be sitting anywhere but in front of the TV to watch football. You can't expect them to be anywhere mm-hmm. but the front of the TV. You're, the food's going to be in front of me, but I'm not <laughs> going to be over there. <laughs> yeah, if you want to do a family-style dinner, we're eating at 3.30. And I'm watching the Redskins play. Yeah. If it's the Lions, I can't be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> All, right. All right, yeah. I mean, shit. Has my, the, my, my, family, my family watches the football games. Like, oh, me too. This past year, we were, with, we were at Hope's house, and I, obviously they let, they let me watch football anyways, but. If no, it's the Redskins, uh, yeah, there's my, no evidence. And my family, too. Yeah. If, if it's the Redskins, we're watching it, especially the yeah. we're watching. But we always, we always had the games on anyways. Have the Redskins ever played the Lions at the 1230 slot? Because that, no. to me, would be I'd ideal. Only been, I think we've played the Giants one year, but it's mostly just been the We played Cowboys. the Giants that one year, but that was the night game. Yeah. I'm talking about, like, of all time. I mean, I know in my lifetime, they definitely haven't. And if that's the thing, too. If the Redskins play on Thanksgiving, it's going to be against the Cowboys, or it's going to be mm-hmm. the night game. They're never going to play the Lions, but that would be the ideal spot because then you got a game at 1230, start drinking at 1230, and then when the yeah. game ends, it's dinner time. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So I, I wanted to go – I noticed a couple other things about the schedule, Bobby. Um, one, hopefully this still goes on, but um, the day after my wedding, um, the Redskins play at 4 o'clock. This is very important because that is I don't important. think we're going to be feeling too hot um, early afternoon. Um, Just like Abby's wedding. Oh, my yeah. God. Going to need that 4 o'clock game. Never forget, um, Rag we, went to that game. <laughs> Matt Chris Cooley in the booth. Yes, of course he did. Um, week, week four, the Ravens travel here to play the Redskins. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Uh, Ravens play the Redskins. Uh, we've won two straight against them, but now they are arguably the best team in football. Um, Battle of the Beltway, week four, right off the bat. God damn it! And that also <laughs> that also is the Sunday after the uh, proposed Preakness Day. Got it. They propose to play. Baltimore's gonna be hungover. Just saying. <laughs> um, yeah, Lamar, I'm sure weekend. Lamar's gonna go to Preakness. 
the week after that, uh, Sean McVay returns to D.C. Rams come to town. They suck. Chase Young is going to sack Jared uh-huh. Goff five times. Big yeah. facts. Big facts. Um, November 22nd, um, yeah, Joe Burrow comes to D.C. Is that your birthday, Porter? <laughs> no. I know it's November, right? Correct. 23rd. 23rd. So <laughs> Hold on. You skipped the bye week. I like our bye week. Eight. That's not bad. Love our bye week. That's, Love eight. that's, that's exactly like, where you want yeah, to go. That's ideal. Right in the middle. That's I like that because normally halfway. we get exactly we get over by that. Halfway. You, you missed it. You missed it, Bobo. I, I, I got it. Come on. Yeah, but halfway. The real porter shouldn't beat the, the big porter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, I think you never know which one's the real, which one's fake. It's true though. Um, yeah, Joe Bor- that that'll be interesting. I'm surprised. I mean, don't get me wrong. I am glad we only have one national TV game, and our Thursday game is on Thanksgiving. Um, yeah. But I am surprised that the Carolina game wasn't put, like, on a Thursday night. I'm surprised well, the Joe Burrow game wasn't put on prime time. I mean, they're terrible teams, so who would want to see them? But, I mean, how often do you have the number one overall pick – on off, who plays yeah. offense face the number two yeah. overall pick who plays defense in the in the season that they're drafting. Yeah, it, who are both guaranteed starters yeah. too. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got to be just because all the teams you just mentioned, just, the Bengals, us, the Panthers, are all in a rebuilding process. Terrible. So if we yeah. were, I guess, more legitimate at this point, it would probably definitely be on a probably definitely that's great, Tom. Uh, I would assume it would be <laughs> on a nationally televised game. Yeah. Um, but I mean, this is—I I don't think there's been a single Redskins fan that has complained about the schedule. Like, thank God, good. Our, our Monday, our Monday, our Sunday nights aren't going to be ruined. So now they Yay. can be flexed once we go to the Super Bowl, like Porter proje- projects. They can yeah, be flexed, here, guys. I had, a, I had <laughs> a dream last night that we won a Super Bowl, like legitimate, clear as day dream that the Redskins won a Super Bowl. Me. Well, if Tom has it, it's never coming true. Now we're fucked, Tom. <laughs> no, no. Umo said this best. We all know the next Super Bowl the Redskins win is a year after I die. So. Oh, stop it. There's Porter. <laughs> just, just fucking stop it. Ian, I- am I wrong? Yes. Okay. That, I'm surprised Come you on. said that. Come on. I don't think hey, anyone I'm- wants to admit that we want you to die. <laughs> Hey, I'm just don't kill the messenger. This is what Umo said. You guys are killing me. I, think I said he was wrong. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a ridiculous right. sentiment. I thought he said he was right. No, oh, I'm sorry. My bad. No, no, no. Like, <laughs> I thought I thought Ian, you agree with him? It's like yeah. No, after you die. That's a nut. Well, that's now, absurd. now I agree with him. <laughs> Another great thing about our schedule: only three games. No on butter C- chicken for you on CBS. I've been looking for that. Only three? Only three on CBS, restaurant Fox. Fuck I hate being on CBS. Oh, my God. Of course, the, the Ravens worst. game's on CBS, but that's all right. Yeah. You know, it's the beginning part of the schedule that scares me, though, Bobby. Just everyone, hear me out. Week one, Eagles. That is a team that is w. absolutely going um, in playoff contention. They Last year's division winner. W. Uh, the, you can make the argument next week. We play the Cardinals. You can make the argument they are the team that improved the most. They just acquired DeAndre Hopkins. They have put their chips in. Um, following that, I mean, the, the last year's team that put all their chips in were the Browns. And now that's we play week three. Are they going to be able to rebound from last year's disappointment? And then week four, we play the best team in football, the Ravens. 
Uh, I mean, that is a arduous first month of the season. Well, you know, the thing about the Ravens game, though, is that they're going to kick our ass, which is fine, but FedEx is going to be M&T Bank Stadium South. 100%. It's going to be hacked. It's going to be 70% purple. With a bunch of Baltimore Orioles or Ravens fans. That's assuming that there's going to be fans loud in the stadium if it does That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I don't know. I'm not sure what their policy is on purple camo yet. They might not let that in FedEx. So. Yeah, I think it's a health. I guess we'll see. I think it's a health violation. Really? Yeah, I think it means, like, you're stupid. Snyder. (laughs) Wait, did Snyder do that? (laughs) Did Snyder do that? I took that very seriously. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised if Snyder did that. No, I, I'm just looking at this. Teams were on a on a similar level with at this point, guys. And the I, I would say the the Giants. Well, are you, Ian? <laughs> the the Giants we play twice. The Lions and Bengals are on the same level as us. The Steelers, I think, are going to be a mess. Roethlisberger is coming back from Tommy John surgery. Really uh, good defense. Really good defense. Yes. Um, and then we play the Panthers week 16. I mean, there's no, most of these teams are a, a tier above us, at least at this present moment. And, you know, we never know how a, a season's going to play out, but um, this looks like a, looks like an intimidating schedule. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Hail. <laughs> and would you go to that Ravens Redskins game? Fuck no. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, That's a fight no. waiting to happen. How quick would you be arrested? <laughs> oh my Lanta. Like there's there's no way that would be good for anybody. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. With all the friends that I made in like normal settings, like the DC Defenders. I was game, gonna say XFL settings. Man of the people. You put me in that scenario, it's not it, no. <laughs> and that's your home stadium, you know, man. Oh, it's the marvelous. You know what that is? That's your home you stadium, what, Ian, too. Bob, you know what that is? That is Ian's version of the bad place. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's 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 Ian's bad place. That's the darkest time. Yeah. And I and I love the Orioles. And I'm so torn. It's so ridiculous. Just love me, Ian. E- oh, Porter. No, you're 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 gone. You're gone. You're you're an Umo you're- now. I don't care what you say. <laughs> Ian doesn't even want to watch that game with Umo. <laughs> yourself. Ian, would you watch that game with Umo? Regular season? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I want to watch it but, with him, too. I don't give a shit. Regular season? I would watch a regular season game with Umo. Yeah, well, Super Bowl, no. Wait, no, a Redskins-Raven game? Redskins-Raven games with him? Yeah. Regular no. season. Regular season? I'd watch a regular season. I would watch a regular season game. Tom we're, really Tom, not- Tom, we're gonna lose. I know. But he's, so he's really the, not that annoying when he's not. watching a game. It's actually pretty. He's actually more like when the us. Game's not on. He's he won't shut the fuck up. But actually, <laughs> he's pretty good when it comes to actual. We watched the we watched the and Ra- now granted it's the Patriots, but we watched the Ravens Pats Sunday night game this past year with him, and he was like us. He was like fucking yelling at the Ravens and or just sitting there quietly. It was a mm-hmm. really good Chinese that night too. It was dope. Um, so. Last football-related question, guys. Uh, Vegas set the win total odds for the Redskins at five. I love it. 
Okay. At five or five and a half? I saw five, but. Yeah, I hope. Well, I mean, either way, I'm taking the over. <laughs> taking the over. <laughs> so I, I'm looking at some winnable games here. I would say we would split with the Giants. Right? Yep. I would yeah, say. Yeah. We split with the Eagles, too. That Lions, Bengals, and split Panthers games, those are all teams I think we're better than at this point. Um, you know, two out of three of those would make sense. Um, if we could win a game against the giant, I mean, the Eagles or Cowboys, I mean, we were uh, basically a play away from being the Eagles last year with our team. So you didn't just call that we would split with them. Yeah, you did. Okay. So, so here's my thing is okay. how many games were we in last year that we could have won had, had we had better coaching? numerous Eagles game yeah like it, it goes on and on like bill callahan loved them but jesus christ we stood no chance with that run run pass run run pass it was the it was the old redskins double r double p run run pass punt the second eagle the second uh giants game yeah yeah i mean thank god we lost that game maybe you even the green new regime maybe even Chase the green Young. bay game we only lost mm-hmm. to the packers by five Better coaching, we come out with no Chase Young, mm-hmm. not even close. Jets We'd still be though. below 500 without a doubt, but yep. five, six wins then, even eh, with last yeah. year's team. I mean, I'm looking at this. If we could double our win total from last season to six, that is – that's good. That's really good. Yeah, I have us at five. I don't know where they're coming up, but yeah. I have us at five. And, and to me, th- yeah, I agree. That's good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I really am not. I'm going into this year again similarly like I did last year. And like I'm not expecting us to be good, and that is okay with me. Uh, mm-hmm. Me For me, ideally, we win about five games. We improve in the record, uh, win two or three more games than we did last year. The front seven. Haskins. Well, Haskins takes a step forward. The weapons around him kind of start to emerge. And, you know, Terry established himself. Maybe one of those receivers that we drafted establishes himself as a, as a go-to weapon. Darius Geis stays healthy. Maybe we find a, a solution at left tackle. Uh, no, defensive side of the ball, the front seven is just absolute dominant. And it's a top defense in the league. And, and they play mm-hmm. really, really well. Um, and something to look forward to. And we imp- improve, quote-unquote improve, but we still land a top three, top five draft pick next year. I mean, to me, that is the golden goose egg. That is the ideal scenario for this season. Because okay. they're not going to make the playoffs this year. They're, they're not. They're not building for 2020. They're building for 2021, 2022. Yeah. If you can improve on what you had last year, show flashes, make sure Dwayne's the guy, and you still land a top three, top five draft pick, you can get your tackle right there. You can get a stud wide receiver. For there. sure. I don't know who. So, it depends what well, happens, but like I'm not aiming to go win eight games this year. If you do, all right, great. Then it's a way better season than we thought. But if we win eight games, that is a hard glimmer. I don't want to land between That's six. A very and, hard glimmer. I don't want to land between six and eight. I'm five no, or below, no. or eight and above. That hard push for Amari Cooper has to tell you that Ron sees something in this team more than what we thought. Yeah, yeah. Will so willing to commit a hundred million Amari- dollars. That is saying that he believes that we are not, and he even said <laughs> that he doesn't think this team as far as that that he first anticipated it was. Mm-hmm. Now, am I saying eight and eight? No, I'm not. 
who knows? I don't think that's going to happen at all, but I would take six, seven wins and be happy as fuck about it. Let's do, let's get, give you want me to be seven and wins? nine? What does seven what, and nine get? I, yeah, I, I will take that. We, we've been that the majority of our careers, anyways. Give, give me five wins and not leading the league at injuries, and I'll take it. Yeah, that too. I'll lose money that way, so I'm not going to be on that. <laughs> but you don't want to lead the league in injuries. Well, well, first of all, that better not fucking happen. <laughs> so am I staying the bar too low? No. No. I mean, I mean, when you think about seven it, seven wins the, is a four game improvement. Seven wins. I mean, the NFC is brutal, but I mean, that's borderline mm-hmm. playoff contention. That And that's a very good point because the NFC is brutal to say the least. I mean, you got the Eagles and Cowboys in our division going for it. You got the Packers, Bears, Vikings all going for it. You got the Saints, Bucks, and Falcons also trying to win. And then the AFC West is probably the best division. NFC West is probably the best in football with mm-hmm. the Niners, Cardinals, Rams, and uh, crap. Who am I missing? Uh, you I mean, all four of those teams are, are, are trying to win right now. I mean, so seven seven with- wins is – I mean, you, you're you not going to win seven games without winning a couple in your division. So that's beating the Giants prob- and then splitting yeah. with the Eagles and – and Cowboys, then you're looking to upsets against either the Ravens or the Rams or the the Niners or Seattle or mm-hmm. I mean th- that's how you get seven. So you're, I mean, I mean, granted, on that any given Sunday, I'm rooting for the Redskins hard, and if they pull off one of those upsets, I am going to be leaping for joy. That's gonna be amazing. But in the mm-hmm. grand in the grand scheme of things, yeah. I don't know what seven wins gets you this year. I mean, seven wins puts you. I'd like pick what 11 15. or 12, 15. Like, yeah. I mean, if you can, if you can show sign to me, if you can show signs of improvement and have a steady decline that you can see on the field with your eye and in the numbers, but still land in the top 10, maybe closer to the top half of the, of the draft. That's golden to me. Cause then you can get your stud, whatever. And then boom, maybe sign some free agents. Cause we have salary. A cap lot of room cap now. Space. Yeah. yeah. And maybe you're going in all in on 2021. So, counterpoint, who we all unanimously said that the Ravens had the best draft. Yeah. They were nowhere near a top 10 pick. They draft well, and if I have faith in Ron Rivera and, and fucking Kyle, which I do, mm-hmm. then you know what? I'll take seven or nine with improvements, just all skyrocketing, and then yep. draft well. That's, that's what matters. Yeah, the Ravens, that's true. We're nowhere close to the top, and they just crushed the draft. Yeah, yeah. Draft well, play good on the field, give your guys something to root for. Yep. Five wins, will I take it? Of course, I'll take it. Hey. It's an improvement, but they should be aiming for much higher. Or a worst case scenario, we're the worst team in football, and we get Trevor Lawrence next year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or that. Uh, well. Oh, Justin Fields, the Ohio State kid. No, I don't want him. I want give me Lawrence. If, if Haskins doesn't pan out, nobody's going to want to draft another. Well, well I want that freaking um, Lamar Chase, the receiver from LSU. Give me him. Ooh. Please or, report to Ashburn immediately. Yeah, or a, a, a left tackle of the future, because yeah. I mean, I, I'm not counting. Sky- I know I'm not counting him out, but you know, 
if hey, he's fine, maybe weeds then, allowed now. Weeds allowed. He's yeah, good. he's not a character guy anymore. But if he kind of pa- if he pans out, and he's fine. All right, then throw him over. To, throw him over to right tackle, and then a draft a stud left tackle. And then you got your. What are you tackles. talking about? Morgan Moses is awesome. Shut your mouth. You shut your whore mouth. <laughs> Yeah. All right, on to the last sports topic. Um, baseball is attempting to return. Bobby, you know more about this than I do. This is this is what I what I know is by July first or July fourth weekend, an eighty-two game schedule has been proposed. Um, this will feature a universal DH, in, regardless of the league, um, reformatting di- uh, divisions where um, teams on the East Coast are going to be playing. Um, Mostly, um, you know, geogra- ones that are geographically uh, convenient. So that's what I know, Bob. If you can elaborate, uh, that'd be. Um, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's um, you. You pretty much covered it. Um, mm-hmm. That's the proposal. I mean, it was a proposal that was put together by MLB that first went to the owners of all the teams. Of you said, roughly eighty games um, starting at the beginning of July. Opening day being between like July first and July fourth, I think a lot of people think that them restarting having opening day on the fourth of July is a is a pretty neat aspect, um, mm-hmm. and and having spring training two restart or start again in mid June, so they mm-hmm. would have a condensed finish to spring training in about a month, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, wow! And yeah, uh, like you said, teams the restructuring. Um, Obviously, with the shortened season, you can't play too many teams, but you would play everyone in your division and then the geographical equivalent of that division in the opposite league, so AL East versus NL East. Um, wow. Uh, which would be would be super interesting. That's a that's a gauntlet, too. I, I think that's the toughest division, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. in, in, in baseball, yeah. if, that's, if that's the case. I think there's an yeah. argument to be made about the West. Um, I had Mark Zuckerman on. Uh, the my Mass and All Access podcast today, and he said there's an argument to be made for the West, which I agree. But I, mm-hmm. I would probably tend to uh, lean towards uh, the East. Um, and yeah. and they, they're going to aim to play in home ballparks, which I know players and fans are aiming for, even though fans probably won't be able to attend. They'll expand mm-hmm. the playoffs from five teams to seven teams per league, so 14 teams total. And then, uh, they're, but the, the, here's the kicker too: they're also going to ask players to take another reduction in pay. So. There's mm-hmm. a lot of moving parts to all this, and um, I, it's a start. You know, it's a start to a conversation, and it's a, it's a step forward to playing baseball. I still don't think it's going to happen personally, but it's, it's a start, and they're having a conversation about it. Yeah, it, it's, I guess, really the, the part that's really conflicting. Like, if I'm Juan Soto, for example, I'm a 21-year-old kid. I'm not married, no children. Juan who? Soto. Soto. Thank you. Like, yeah, I'd be like, yeah, let's do it up. I'm, I'm ready. But if I am someone like Ryan Zimmerman with, uh, you know, I think you got a kid number three on the way. Like, I don't want to take this risk. Like, I have a family. And, you know, I mean, I don't know how you're going to be able to, you know, convince and, and pitch this to, you know, the 25 players on each roster and not including their coaching staffs and training staffs and, you know, everything that goes into it. it this is a a significant risk um one that it's hard to quantify if it's if it's worth it yeah no i mean that's the other thing too is that there are that's not the other thing that is the thing that there are so many different avenues so many different Mm -hmm. cautions and precautions that need to be taking the logistics of it all is downright impossible i mean it's Mm -hmm. just 
so many moving parts that, mm-hmm. yeah, it's all well and good that they have somewhat of a plan, but, mm-hmm. you know, none of that plan that we just talked about included health procedures. What are they going to do yeah. to protect the players, the the people who work the stadiums, the people who work at the hotels, they stay at, the bus drivers, the media, the camera crews, you know, the trainers. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many people. And that's the thing I keep harping on, too, is that it's not just – the baseball players. It's not just the 1,200 Major League Baseball players. It is coaching, trainers, front office people, stadium staff, uh, umpires, Equi- equipment, equipment managers, yeah. Yeah. hotel people. But uh, every it just expands. Media it just expands, 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 and, yeah. and and all it takes is one. It takes one person to get sick, and in my opinion, you have to shut it all down. I mean, it's just not worth the risk. <laughs> I'd, I'd agree, and, and baseball is in trouble just because their their TV deals aren't as lucrative as what the NFL has and what the NBA has. I mean, there's 162 games to play, so obviously it doesn't, you know, the day by day basis isn't as, I guess, day, a, day. a day, a weight of, mo- yeah. of most importance. So, you know, they need this revenue that is made through, you know, 82 game, 81 games played per year per per stadium. I mean that that cash adds up. And so, you know, this not happening is, is really bad. I, I mean, <laughs> it's a really yeah. it's a major detriment to, to the, to the entire league. It is, it is. And, and that's the other thing too. People have said that and the economics of this is I'm not as well versed, but I mean, they're saying that it's going to set baseball back years if, it already has, you know, like if, even if they play half a season, that's where like the labor, mm-hmm. these labor negotiations come into it. If owners are afraid that if they play half a season with no fans, they're going to lose more money than if they would just play no season at all. Wow. Really? Either way, the economy that is baseball, the revenue mm-hmm. they it's a $10 billion industry. They're going to be set back multiple years Either way at this point. And I think their best option, I mean, the best case scenario would be that they find a way to play. Um, they become kind of a, and it works out. They have no hiccups. They, they become a like saving grace for the country. People have something to tune into, to root for, sure. a positive aspect for people to look at. Um, and they grow their fan base because at that point, they might be the only sport being played. Um, mm-hmm. so you have a bunch of little kids who are looking to, to watch sports. They can't watch basketball or football. So they're going to have to watch baseball and become baseball fans. They play baseball. So that's the one way it could be a positive for the sport. It's already trending towards being negative. They're going to lose a bunch of money. You know, pl- uh, the industry is going to, is going to suffer just like any economy, just like any industry during all sure. of this. Um, but I think you're right with the lucrative TV deals that they don't get. You've seen other sports. The fact that it probably is the third most popular sport already in this country. It's already trailing yep. football and basketball. Yep. It's just and the fact that they didn't even get to start their season and may not play season at all. You know, basketball and hockey are almost done with their season. They're expecting to play football this this fall. So and football's already by far number one. So what are they worried about? They just pulled off a huge draft to increase their popularity by not even playing in a game. Um yep. so yeah, I mean it's it's Obviously, it's not good for anybody, but it's particularly not very good for baseball. I agree. And, you know, I, I'm okay with playoff expansion, especially with a shortened season. It makes it more exciting. 
you know, normally I, I am totally, I'm vehemently against the universal uh, DH, but in this scenario, I get it. Um, you know, I would say that is a large disadvantage to National League teams that are not built to have an everyday professional hitter take three to four at bats per game. But the Nationals you know, are the first person I thought of when I saw that. Yeah, but if <laughs> if any team in the National League is prepared for that, it's probably the Nats. The Nationals are. Yeah, Thames and, and Howie Kendrick is pretty much a DH to begin with, and and you know that provides a little bit more ease for Ryan Zimmerman and you know, guys like that. So, um, but overall, yeah, that's, if I'm a national league team, I'm like, Hey, like they, they have an advantage. Like we're, we yeah. didn't expect to have a, a guy that we can bat that much per, per game. So the question comes down to, I mean, in terms from a fan standpoint, when you're talking about these, I obviously health is first, but the question is, is like, do, would you prefer to see no baseball or baseball in a totally different way? I think most of us would yeah. pick at least some sort of, sport some sort of baseball being played and and i mean this is just what this pandemic has made our our lives in this world right now you're just gonna have to accept it's gonna be different and that's fine and that's Mm -hmm. okay i mean it's if they play it's better than nothing and it's gonna look different it's gonna be a little wacky which i'm actually kind of down for i think it'll be kind of fun interesting we could always look back and like sure the only problem is i i might have this is also depending who wins but i might have an issue um you know, validating a, a champion, you know, if sure. they go through this and, you know, let's, I mean, if the Nats win hey, again, the, I'll be like, the Redskins yes. won two Super Bowls on short seasons. Correct. Hey, my, my long shot bets on the Orioles just for shits and giggles. You never know. <laughs> exactly. I mean, <laughs> it's like, it was to win the East and to make it to the world series. Right. So, and that's the thing. It's like, you'll never, it doesn't matter who wins. If it's the Orioles or if it's the Astros or the Yankees or the Dodgers, you know, in a shortened season, you'll never know how that team plays out over a course Wait, of 162 games. I didn't even think about that. We're not going to be able to boo the Astros. Yeah, no more Astros game. That would be they fourth of no, no, They're so no, fucking no deal. No that would deal. be fourth of July too. No the deal. Baltimore would not be kind. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, wait till they <laughs> go back to New York, or if they play the Dodgers. Oh, they would be God. playing the Dodgers. <laughs> so they're both in the West. <laughs> oh boy, motherfuckers. There's going to be some fastballs thrown right at their heads. I don't agree with that. I don't like the head, but you you beam the fuck out of their body, and I'm all in. Yes. Right in the hip bone. I I, I get it. I get it. I'm I'm not arguing your point. I'm disagreeing with it. Punch them in the head emotionally is what he said. I don't like baseball. I think they get away from themselves with policing. Mm -hmm. I think it's too much. Like, yep. you don't like it's, the way somebody walked to the base, so you're going to fucking throw it somebody yeah, else next time. I, I it's, completely disagree with It's that. unwarranted. Yeah. I but agree. in this scenario, police the fuck out of the <laughs> Astros. Yeah, and especially I, because they didn't get punished. All in. They, yeah. they ruined people's careers, livelihoods. Yep. The people who could have made it to the league ended up getting bumped back down. Their kids eat, they, they don't get the food that they would deserve. Like, no. Bean the fuck out of them. <laughs> yep. Bregman. The people don't forget. Like, Bregman, Correa, Altuve. Altuve. People don't forget. People don't forget. <laughs> and I was just, I was just looking forward to them getting trolled everywhere they go this season. Just people bringing trash cans and signs, and you know the Astros with an asterisk. And, yes. You know, please don't, please baseball fans, let us not forget what they did was so messed up, 
and please let them, um, you know, they they made their bed. And now it's time for that to, them to lie in it. Sleep. Not only did they make their bed, but they built another bed right next to it. Made that <laughs> and fucking yeah. Like, and that and that bed's Tempur-Pedic they, too. They, they tripled down on that bed. Like, oh no, we were the better team. Yeah, were you? Eat it. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I get it. No headshot. Yeah. And not for stupid stuff. Fair. Fair. Um, okay. Porter, we are done with the sports segments. And that's it for the Put Me In Coach podcast. <laughs> Thank you for tuning everybody. <laughs> As I live and breathe. Porter, Rotten Gregory's, it is your time to shine. Um, talked about it earlier, um, but uh, Cookie had brought up, and, and we had kind of talked about it before, but uh, Hunters on Amazon uh, is a phenomenal fucking show. Um, 100% recommend it. It's five fucking taquitos. It's the best taquitos you'll have. Uh, there's phenomenal... Alright, I'll, I'll pull back the show. But the... Um, the acting which is great. The plot is phenomenal. Uh, directing is great. There's some overacting, but there there's some no names that kind of make sense. They're also working with uh, Al Pacino, so it, I, I get where they why they would kind of act in some of those scenarios like that. But um, plot twists. This is Amazon plot. Prime, right? Amazon Prime. Uh, so essentially, the the uh, story is about a bunch of uh, vigilante. Um, normal everyday citizens with their own kind of backgrounds that are tasked with on their own volition to hunting down Nazis that are in the United States during the 1970s. So the United States government, which this actually happened. <clears throat> is this based off a true story or loosely? It's, based? it's loosely based off of real sure. events. It is a fictional story. Fictional um, so uh, the United States after World War II, uh, when fighting the Soviets, basically after you know the rise of communism, trying to basically ascertain the most assets out of Germany that were available, and a lot of them being scientists. So a lot of uh, NASA programs, um, which they're other than this show being plenty of evidence to, of basically taking a lot of top Nazi people to further implement our own military interests um, to the extent of which they go into in the show i'm unaware of but it's it's not implausible um, they do a really good job of showing all of that and essentially this job or this team or these vigilantes this group of people goes out finds these nazis kills them presents them with this evidence of them being fucking terrible people um, and it's incredibly powerful it's at times very funny um and it's just kind of a dark humor drama uh are they are these nazi sympathizers are they were they actually no they're actual nazis. hitlers yeah no, they, they were they were part of the reich they were very much higher up people um basically their hiding in crimes sight. were whitewashed they were funneled into the united states given you know you know great jobs money basically forgiven for all of their war crimes and nothing happened and they talked about how you know the um tribunals of, of nazi officers there was only four um 
ex, or excuse me, 12 executions of, of high-ranking Nazi officers when hundreds of thousands, you know, of, of just unbelievable war atrocities that that was the only thing that happened. And it, it just, it goes into a lot of really great detail, a lot of really great emotion. And then the ending just fucking hits you in the face and and it's i'm very excited for for season two i think they did a very good job amazon has had a problem of having at least in my opinion well marketed good shows so you've got like jack ryan um you have the transgendered um show that won a shit ton of emmys the marvelous mrs mazel is fantastic yes they they have fantastic shows but they aren't nearly as as popular as like if you go to like you know, it's just what's weird is netflix like has very shitty fucking shows other than reruns of shows we already love but the original content on amazon in my opinion as far as stuff that's outside sci-fi that's outside mm-hmm. of um you know kind of the norm for hbo it's it's starting for me starting to rival because there's so many different things that i actually love watching on amazon prime than i do hbo so it's this show is is very good i highly recommend it so i i have a follow-up question without ruining anything so these people were essentially funneled into the states being former you know a part of hitler's army um how were why like and they, they were okay with this like they so basically the united states at that point and what kind of the crux of the entire show is to kind of focus on the point of, and, and it talks to recent times as well as the rise of the alt-right and the rise of white nationalists, um, the United States sentiment towards Jews are, at least in those time periods and before then, especially if you look at popular figures within not only you know um, business, you know Disney, Ford, uh, they mention those in the show, um, that you know, Jews have been subjugated and, and uh, marginalized for generations, thousands of years, and that basically afterwards, the United States was like, "Who gives a shit?" Mm-hmm. They just, you know, social media didn't exist. Things were top secret because they stayed top secret, and they were like, "We just won't tell anybody. Um, we want to make rockets. We want to make fucking awesome shit. We want to do." all these other things that we don't want the Russians to have. What so they're brought on as advisors, basically. No, they, they brought them in as, as leaders of our space program. Uh, oh boy. Multiple. It's, it's, it's very good. Um, I fact checked a bunch of it. It's, 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 it's like 90%, but it's of course drama, dramatized. Um, but um, it's, a really, really good show. I, I can't recommend it. It kind of sounds like Dexter meets the boys. <laughs> <laughs> and if the boys are going after Nazis instead of superheroes. Yeah, but like with, with no, like there's there's no reason. Like the, what I was thinking about the entire show, there's only like really one person that has any expertise in who could possibly do this shit. Like watching them go through this whole process i was just like the whole time just like how do you how do you get, how do you get away with what the fuck you're doing it's just like the whole time i was thinking it was just like well that's just tactically just unsound like you're <laughs> like like there's just so many things that they go through and it's, i mean it's you know whatever the 70s like who cares but um 
it was it was really really good and the characters were really well done i think the actors played their specific um characters very very well there was a little bit of overacting but not much um uh my only negative would be the main lead character which is the the younger boy who's kind of you're seeing the story come through um he kind of sucks but he's percy jackson sucks yeah percy oh really yeah situation and ted mosby's in it the young character oh, who doesn't have any experience has no reason to fucking say one thing or the other that is always just like super gung-ho with with no like fuck, sit down like that's that that character always annoys me but um he he does a good job um i it's i binged the show um i couldn't stop watching it um it's 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 very very good all right Thanks. Uh, Ian, are you done with The Wire? Uh, we just watched, right before this, actually, season five, episode seven. Oh, damn, wow, you're, you're down close. To, I think that's the last one. I think it's eight no, episodes. Three left. Three left? Okay. This okay. one's 10. The other ones were 13 or 12. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's their worst season. It's still good. It's still worth watching. And I don't even think, like, I, I love it. It's, I'm still... <laughs> I'm still all in. Mm-hmm. Now that you've, you know, watched pretty much the majority of the show, is there a favorite season? Is there a favorite character moment? I mean, season three is the hands peak. down my favorite. Agreed. I mean, McNulty's my McNulty or Omar are. I mean, those are my top two. There's and Stringer. I fucking love Stringer. Love Stringer. Mm-hmm. It's a great character. And Prez, I love Prez. The character development on Prez is fucking mm-hmm. huge. <laughs> yep. God, there's just so many great characters. Bunk is the man. Yep, that's my favorite character. Yeah. The char- honestly, the character development on the show is just fantastic. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Bobby, yeah, I can't. Daniels is good. I don't like the, the lawyer lady. She's whatever. Yep. Ronnie, Ronnie. whatever. But but she serves a purpose, and, yep. and it's great. I love Beatty. Yep. Uh, it's crazy that she was in the office too. Like it's just so yeah. weird that, that was around the same time. Yep. And and Bobby, it's um I can't imagine watching season four with Healy. Oh, she loved it. <laughs> no, I mean like she Oh, with the school? It was yeah. yeah. I mean, it was obviously tough at times, but yeah. She she loves that season. Um, Man, the, the scene in, there was a scene in like in season a scene in season four when which after Randy's house burned down and he's yelling at um Carver, like I thought you had my back. Like, yeah, Carver, and, and, fucking love Carver. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> you don't, you don't get to win, dickheads. We do. <laughs> like <laughs> Carver yeah. and Prez, the two biggest character developments from just mm-hmm. I fucking hate, hated you. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, yeah, you guys, are, you guys are good shit. Yep. Porter or anyone did um, any of you guys watch um, Waco? Yes. Yes, Porter. Thank you for your recommendation. We watched that. I watched it. Excuse me. We uh, it was great. we're not finished yet. I mean, okay. obviously, we know what happens, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's a it's lot good. of people. In it. You know, you know, Tim Riggins from Friday Night Lights playing uh, David Koresh, and he's Gambit. Okay. Yeah. Taylor <laughs> uh, I am a I am a Michael Shannon guy. I me too. 
I like whatever he does. He killed it. He killed it. Yeah, he's he he's so really good. good in it. A very good job. He's just you a know, great actor. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it really just is kind of a power struggle between the use of force versus use of your words and diplomacy and, and being empathetic. I love yeah. how they're showing both sides. I mean, I think they do a really good job of showing, but like, I mean, cause fuck that well, dude. It doesn't, it doesn't paint the, the federal government in a, in a good No, 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 no not at all. And it almost makes you sympathize. I was going to say, fuck no. that dude, David, because fuck that guy. I hate white people so mm. much. But <laughs> they're, ter- they're terrible. It does make you sympathize with the people that he manipulates. Yeah. 100% Waco, Texas, what happened there is still to this day used by every fringe libertarian three percenter, whatever fucking people you want to use it for that are standing outside of courthouses with AR 15s. Mm-hmm. They, they use that shit to this day of the oppression that they see of, of the federal government, which is not incorrect in their, in their use of force and, and, and what happened there. I mean, I remember learning about that shit, even in, in school and just being like the fuck, <laughs> like it, it it's watching it from the other side. It, it's, it was, it was a great show. It was, it was, it, it Bobby's right. It, 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 even though the leader of which is just a fucking terrible human being, Mm-hmm. You, you start to sympathize with the people that are there. And of course, like, you know, like it was, it was just, you know, a mass loss of human life that was just completely needless. And it was completely because of ego and fucking bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, even, even though they were in the wrong and that's yeah. kind of the point of, okay, someone, you know, it, it's like, if someone punches you, you, you don't have the right to shoot them in the face. It's, it's, they've done something wrong, yes, but your escalation and your militarization of law enforcement like that is, <laughs> well, it was a really, really good series. We, did, we just watched the episode where, um, I think it's four. It's the one after, at the well, end. Well, Ian, right? Ian hasn't seen it yet, right? Oh, well. Yeah, anyways, anyways, they put, anyways, th- there's a g- good dialogue on how it's like, Okay, yeah, you don't believe what we believe, but why does it make it wrong? You know, yeah. and I that that was interesting to me because I was like, because again, like I said, the whole time I was like, fuck these people. Like, you know, as a Catholic, I was like, I can't stand people who are like that. Like, mm-hmm. people who Rocks. just think they're above, and it's just, it, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't get it. But that whole dialogue that they had about, you know, it's like, well, yeah, okay, you don't agree, but but why does it make it wrong? And and also like to the point of it doesn't portray our government in a good light, like. Okay, yeah, they had a bunch of guns, but I mean, it's it was Texas. Like, <laughs> it's not illegal. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. were they doing wrong? Um, so polygamy. Well, well, that besides, you know, but having sex. Nobody <laughs> deserves to be murdered for polygamy. Right. Yeah. But yeah, no, great show. I, I'm excited to finish it. I think I'm gonna watch the episode after this. So. Yeah. No, it's it's really good, and I think it was Michael Shannon's character was Ian. Michael Shannon's character was the lead negotiator for the FBI. And, you know, I, I thought was so, yeah. And what I thought was so interesting about that is, you know, he, I feel like this series was to really humanize the people that were the Branch Davidians, um, with really the exception of David Koresh, as Bobby, you mentioned, he is, uh, was perfect. Yeah. That guy. Um, and it, it was, you know, Michael Shannon, like his character just is trying to, he was so empathetic. And while he didn't understand that a part of the seven seals that, a part of David Koresh's gospel. It's 130 people or whatever, how many people are in there? It was theirs. Yeah. yeah. So, and that is a fundamental right 
in this country for the practice of uh, your religion. So, yeah, yeah it, it's uh, a big ethics um, question. Yeah, debate. That's good. It's weird. It's weird because we you grew up like hearing about what the narrative is and in, in the it's I guess what it talks to a lot of what's really interesting about it is just like the, how the media plays how the narrative of just like popular opinion plays into such of like what I remember of hearing about Waco, Texas and why it's yeah. been to this alternate side of, of kind of looking at a biography between both sides of it and, and, you know, firsthand accounts and testimony and, and what was going on. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's not anywhere close to what was talked about or what was said. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it was, that was, I think, for me, the most captivating part of it of just like, okay, there, there's an, a real attempt to make this as real as possible. So, yeah. of which, you know, I'm not an expert on it. I don't know. I wasn't there. So, how could I? But at the same time, as for television point, it was incredibly captivating. Um, yeah. So, I, yeah, it was, it was great. I, yeah, I, I got through, I went through that really fast. Yeah. How many episodes is it? Six. 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 Very easy yep. to watch. Yep. yep. I'm al- I'm already halfway there. And there's and there's a lot of people in it. Yeah. Ru- yeah. Ruth is in it. Um, they do great from Ozarks. Too. The acting is phenomenal. All yeah. of it is phenomenal. Melissa Benoit. It's Netflix, isn't it? Uh no, it was a it was a mini series in like 2015 or 2016. Oh, really? Um, it was on the Paramount Network. Yeah. It was some other <laughs> network. It wasn't Netflix, but they they bought the rights bought to it. it. Yeah, it premiered in 2018 on Paramount Network. There you go. Yeah, Porter, I want to read his book, The FBI Negotiators. And uh, book. Thibodeau has a book out, too. Yep. Yeah. Dale Bulls coach? Yep. Yep. No, no, no. Okay. Dale Dimmodome. Home of Dim- Dale Dimmodome. Yes, you agree, though. You guys have a little series, which his whole fucking story arc, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing I, I did watch, uh, Danielle and I watched 1917 a few nights ago. It was incredible. Um, it's really good. Okay, I, I got, I think a little more half than more than halfway there. Halfway. And I had to go to bed. It was like four thirty in the morning. But that opening scene, the first thirty mm-hmm. minutes. I, I mean, it's just I'm talking about like the. Paul hasn't seen oh, it. It's, Have it's you not seen 1917? This, this is it's just cinematography. Uh, this is this is known. It what like it's just that one. It's a one shot. Yeah, the I'm whole thing's a one shot. How many hours is it? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The whole it's scene. Quick. It's quick. It's only like a, yeah, it's like two hours on the dot. It's unbelievable. I think it's actually under two. It's, it's unbelievable. No, it's under it's under, no, it's two, under hours. two hours. It's like, but it's one fifty eight, I think is the doing like, it. I was, I was so I was so freaking stressed. I'm gonna out. make me some nachos and watch it tonight. One fifty so, one fifty eight on the dot. <laughs> I was so stressed out watching All right, that. Fine. We'll melt so the cheese this time, but you're gonna look like an idiot. <laughs> I don't know. See, we all loved it. It is uh, like, again, watching Porter watching military movies is like a blessing and a curse. Like, well, that's dumb. That's really freaking stupid. Have I ever have not Don't do that. that. How dare you? What? <laughs> <laughs> watching the good movies, Saving Private Ryan, We Were Soldiers. We Were Soldiers was great. I know. It's only because of you that I've seen it so many guys. Pearl Harbor. <laughs> get the Get the fuck out. <laughs> Get the fuck out. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you. Here's the pitch, and he knocks it out of the park. I like Pearl Harbor. Josh Hartnett, my boy. Yeah, like Will Smith. Teenage Shorty's Toy. Yeah. 
Fox's fucking best friends. No, fuck, fuck you, fuck, fuck you. No. Um, speaking yeah. of Pearl Harbor, not you, the movie, Bobby. I also made Daniela watch Team America. Um, she wasn't too happy with that one. Um, the, the, but the, her synopsis by the end where boys are stupid. So well, I mean, she's not wrong on that. <laughs> no, no. I made her. I made her watch like the first the scene of she, a non-Danielle movie. <laughs> the the first scene she really watched in total was the sex scene. So great start. <laughs> Get right into it. <laughs> eyebrows, eyebrows, eyebrows. <laughs> um. Uh, Nate. Nate Shapiro. Shapiro. He says Nate's hi, hi Greg, hi Ian. What's up, buddy? Get the fuck out of here! What's he doing? On so, he said that a while ago. I don't know if he's still watching. Uh, Am I chopped liver? I guess so, because he said hi Greg, hi Ian. You can go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know these guys, but uh, yeah, he was he was one of my Marines. Um, he, was he, he was at he was at the party. Yeah. The, the party. I mean, like, <laughs> you went to that one. <laughs> no, he was, he was at all of my uh, birthdays when we were still living on Dawson Street. Yeah. Friendsgiving. Ooh, Friends yeah. Friendsgiving. Yeah. His mom made Hi, Daniela. Hi, Daniela. Mother they made some hi. great fucking green curry. Delicious. You love your curry. Yes, but you can come down the stairs and wait. Yeah, do you remember that? Okay. No. When he, when he Tell came over for Friendsgiving and his, Nate's, Nate's parents. Do you want me to get you one? Uh, restaurant. And they brought it. He brought over like twenty fucking orders of of. I got there afterwards. Rice. It was amazing. I got there afterwards, and you and you wouldn't stop talking about how good it was. It was delicious. It was but yeah, you saved me nothing. So here we are. How was it my fault? Because I wasn't there yet. You know I was going to be I there. I was yet. cooking. Be like, hey Nate, Dave Ian, say, hey Nate, if you're still watching, what the fuck's my curry? Yeah, talk to him. Tell me. I didn't. It was delicious, though. Thank you, Nate. I think that <laughs> was the infamous uh, Joey night where... Yes, it yeah. was. <laughs> was. Oh, okay. I, was, I was not at Thanksgiving or Friendsgiving. <laughs> yeah, right. I wasn't going to say it, but you... <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh, that makes me so happy. <laughs> Bobby, what time are we at? Dude, we're at one fifty exactly, and Megan just texted me to uh, brag that we went over two hours, but I said we're only at one fifty, so she said, Fuck! All right, let's call Bobby, it. Come to bed. No, she's, right. she's watching Bobby. Um, all right. Well, another strong episode, guys. Uh, even though it's been a it's been a while. Thanks to Tom yep. to pushing our buttons and making us do this and and getting a a rundown going. Thanks to everyone who tuned in live on our Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, let's see if I can shout out everybody. Uh, obviously, Mary Grace, Chick Hernandez, Umo, um, Jason Rin turned tuned in. Uh, Javiv, Jason, Abby's Jason, Abby tuned in, Nate, um, our friend Lauren Bradford. Yeah, sorry, a lot of people. The guy who called you a racist homophobe. Oh, hey, hi. Oh, it's live on our podcast. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What timing was that? Look at us. Look at us. Who would have thought? <laughs> that is fucking hilarious. Uh, yeah, thanks again for t- everyone uh, for tuning in, watching live, and commenting along. That was a lot of fun. That was easily 
our most viewed live episode, which is is really cool. We appreciate you guys. Nice. Which there's, I mean, there's what like a third or a fourth. Uh, if you include the Jeopardies, it's probably like fifth, maybe more. And if we start, oh, we, we, if we start a little earlier, maybe. I mean, I think nine o'clock worked for me. But if we start a little earlier, maybe we can get people to watch a little later. But yeah. really, um, well, I I got to do another Jeopardy. I have to redo it like a number of questions after Bill's round. Um, congrats to Fatty Fat Kid winning, uh, beating Porter at the the with the final Jeopardy question. I think that was. That might have been closer than Ian and Bobby's. I was right there. Yeah, I was was happy you did good, though. (laughs) That was a close. Yeah, I I would have one hundred percent rather lost to Fat Kid than Ray. What about you? I thought no. (laughs) 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 I thought that that whole Jeopardy was built for Rag, and he was not. Yeah, what? I still don't understand (laughs) what happened. True or false? True. <laughs> True or false? Did Rag take his Adderall before the fucking uh, podcast? False. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk off the air on that one. <laughs> all right. Sorry, Rag. Um, all right. Again, thanks everyone for tuning in. Put me in Coach Podcast. Uh, you can uh, follow and subscribe on all social media PMSE Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And now on YouTube as well. Make sure you search uh, "Put Me in Coach Podcast" on YouTube and give us a subscription. We'll do some live shows over there as well. And you can watch all our all of our videos on our YouTube page um, and across social media. And of course, listen to them as normal podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Like and subscribe over there as well. If you can't catch the videos, you can also always listen to the audio at Tom underscore Natalie at Ian Foster underscore twenty at Ian underscore Foster twenty one. Excuse me. At um, Pearl Harbor Porter, reporter, <laughs> and I, I'm at Bobby underscore Blanco on Twitter. Give us a follow. That's pretty good. Um, I'm and, always so excited for what they're going to be, and that was good. And he always comes up with it. It's so cool. Right? And, <laughs> nine times out of ten, it's good. Yeah. I always have I have a slip up every once in a while, but I can usually pull them. Uh, give us a follow and uh, tweet at us if you want to chat along and uh, talk about sports during the quarantine. Hopefully, we'll be back soon. If not later this week, hopefully next week with another episode, maybe a Jeopardy board. It's been a lot of fun doing these Zoom podcasts. And Brendan Gilday just joined. So, hi, Brendan. Thank you for for joining at the very end. We appreciate everyone for listening. For Porter, Porter, Ian, and Tom, I'm Bobby. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening, everybody. Porter, go watch 1917 right away. Do it. I'm doing it. I'm making nachos. I'm doing it. My watch is ended. This has been Put Me in Coach Podcast. Screw you guys. I'm going.